Thank you for tuning in to The Ilona Effect. This show is a one-on-one interview with a woman who spent a majority of her life as a heroin addict. We will discuss the strong grips of addiction and how it affected her relationships with family, marriage, work, and all other aspects of her life. Our subject will be interviewed by her estranged son. The son, who was abandoned as an infant and left for her parents to raise. His mother has agreed to tell the complete and honest truth, no matter how hard it will be to hear. Last time we talked with Amy and Angela. What did you think about that? Pretty emotional. Even though, you know, I, I realized that my behavior and the choices I made when you guys were small were, um, were bad and negative and not good for you. Um, you know, I didn't realize it to, to what extent. And, um, you know, like when the girls were talking about how they um, worried about me when I was out running around and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't think anybody worried about me yeah. um, because I guess I didn't feel like I was worth being worried about. You know, so it just brought to light, you know, how how it affected you, um, what you thought. Um, and it made me feel sad because, you know, Angela, she was right. You know, I was the one who missed out on you guys. You guys, all of you were just such beautiful and still are beautiful and intelligent and talented. Um children, you know, and, and, you know, I was there periodically in and out and stuff, but, um, you know, I did miss it all. That's sad. After last time we talked with them and I took you home, I dropped you off. And when I was leaving, I said, I don't remember what I said, something like, well, next time we're going to talk about other things. And and you said, we haven't even talked about the bad stuff yet. <laughs> well, I mean, it was all bad, but it got worse. I know. Well, that's what, <laughs> when you said that, I assumed something got worse. So what's the bad stuff? Well, let's see. I think we had talked about where I met Frank. Yeah. And then he was a heroin addict. And I became a heroin addict, too. I'd shot heroin before, but I didn't, I never knew what it was to be strung out. And anyway, so I got into that cycle of being a strung out heroin junkie on the streets. And um, it was just ugly. Um, You know, like I I think I'd mentioned before, we just ripped and ran all day long every day just to support our habit. I mean, it was like a job. It was something we did all day, every day. And it was like, get up, go out, steal, um, sell it or return it, get the money, get the drugs, and then be in la-la land until, you know, the next day when we did it all over again. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was pretty bad. And 
Oh, gosh. Um, there must be a lot of work to do it because if you took a day off, you weren't going to get what you needed. Right. And you needed it, right? Yeah, you had to have it even just to, you know, you'd be spending all these thousands of dollars and, you know, it takes more and more and more to get you high. And then it's like you have to have it just to feel normal. So. Yeah. Well, you said thousands of dollars. How much How much were you spending like a, per day? Do you know? Well, I'll tell you, when we were six months into it, we figured out that we had went through $60,000, which was about $10,000 a month. Wow. For the two of us. That is a lot. That's 120000 a year. Wished I had that now. <laughs> what could you have done with $120,000? Could buy a house. Yeah. So what is, I know that I asked you before, like a typical day. What was a typical day that may have gone wrong? Maybe, going to jail. <laughs> okay. Well, tell me about Getting going to jail. busted. <laughs> How many times did you get busted? I think I had like four petty thefts during that time. And Frank, he was always going to, he was always getting busted and going to jail. And then they put him out there at that ranch in Elk Grove on Bruceville Road, Rio Consumnus Correctional Facility. They called it RCCC. Okay. And he'd go out there and have to do some months every so often. Then I used to go out there and visit him, and I'd sneak him drugs in. And one time I was sneaking him drugs in, and they had a couple of dogs out there. And I thought they were drug-sniffing dogs, and I got all paranoid. But, yeah, it was like a vicious cycle of the revolving door. So he was in jail, or was it kind of not a jail? How do you get it, well, how do you get drugs into him at, at that? Well, point? we get to visit outside in in like this yard, and whatever I was going to take him, I would like put in balloon, you know, like a round balloon, mm -hmm. and you know, do it up real tight, and I take it in like that, and then when I got it in, he would have lubricated his butt and then he'd stick it up his butt how did you get it in i just like put it in my bra oh they didn't check no, you that well uh -uh. and then he would put it in his butt yeah and take it to his cell yeah well they weren't really cells they were more like dorms i think bunk beds with and then so he would use his drugs while he was there wouldn't they notice or well, I know one time he said that he'd done a bunch of it and he got all messed up and, like, the other inmates had to take care of him because he, they would have known he was all loaded and busted him for, for that. Hmm. Frank, he was a real pig when it came to drugs. What does that mean? I mean, he would just, like, do... He'd, he'd like... He'd do the heroin, and then he liked smoking pot, and he liked drinking, and he'd like it to where he got so messed up, 
like he was just out of it, you know. And like, even though, you know, we were in it together and we did the same amount of stealing and making the money and stuff, his, um, his rule was he got two thirds of the drugs and I only got a third. <laughs> were you okay with that? Not really, but there was nothing I could do. Why? Because it was just his way. Was he violent? No, he wasn't physically abusive like my first husband, but he was emotionally and mentally abusive, and he cheated on me. He didn't cheat on me like the first one did, but he did his little fair share of cheating, too. You were talking about you got arrested four times. Yeah. Had you ever been arrested before this? Yeah. What did you get arrested for? Uh, back, way back, I had, I had like four, I think four drunk drivings. Oh, wow. But that was back when I was like in my early 20s, 18, 19, early 20s. Did you have to go to jail for DUIs back then? Well, you'd go to jail and they'd book you, but you'd like get out, you know, a few hours later and then the next day or something like that. And no, I didn't do any jail time. Did anybody ever get hurt because of the drunk driving? Like, did you crash no. or run into any? No. You were, they just saw that you were drunk and pulled you over? And gave me a sobriety test and, and took me in, yeah. And how many times? Four? I think there was four of them. And nothing else prior? Or any other arrests besides DUI before the heroin and the shoplifting? Well, I had one disturbing the peace. What were you doing? Well, you know what? There was a little short time in there when when I was stealing on my own, but not to support a habit, just to get like what I wanted. And I had went into Mervyn's out there on Arden Way, and I had stole something prior, and I took it into that store to return it to get the money. And when I went walking out, I had security behind me. And so I ran to my car and I got in my car and they got in a car behind me and chased me. And I went and I went out um, that Alta Arden, I think it was called, to where Cal Expo was mm -hmm. back there. And I turned into one of the gates and... Um, you know, I knew why they were behind me, but there was like a security guard little stand there. So I got out and pretended like I, like I didn't know they were security. And I said, oh, please help me. Somebody's chasing me. And um, so anyway, they tried to get me for um, assault with a deadly weapon because they said I tried to hit them with my car, which was a bunch of BS. But when I went to court, they dropped it to disturbing the peace, and I don't think I did any time for it. So what was the first time you got arrested? Not for DUIs, for shop, or for once you, once you got fish. into heroin? Hmm. Hmm. I don't remember.
remember which time was the first time. That's okay. Well, tell me one of them. One, what, one that you remember. Hmm. Well, this wasn't for for drugs. I went in and I stole some beer for Frank. Anyway, we had been going to this Arco station over on uh, by the freeway on 30th and J Streets. And we'd been going in there, and they had, like, these big 24-packs or something of Budweiser beer. Anyway, we'd been in there a few times, and he'd go in there, and he's he'd, um, you know, talk to the cashier and get his attention. And, and I'd go in there, and I'd take one of those things, and I'd put my sweater over and just walk out with the, the beer. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the, the guy caught on to us because we'd been it a couple times before and gotten away with it. So when I walk out of the store, the dude comes and, and grabs me, and we're out there wrestling around and mm-hmm. stuff, and the cops came, and they, um, yeah, I got a petty theft charge then. And they arrested you and took you to jail? No, I think they just cited me out. What's the first time you remember going to jail? Um, after about my fourth petty theft, they gave me, um, they gave me, I think it was two weeks to serve out at that branch, RCCC. And um, I was pregnant with Andrea. And I had a high-risk pregnancy because of the, uh, you know, the heroin. And um, so the doctor wrote me this note saying that I couldn't serve my time because I had a high-risk pregnancy until after the baby was born. So after Andrew was born, they gave me weekends, and I'd have to drive out there to that branch, that RCCC in Elk Grove, where mm-hmm. I told you Frank. In fact, Frank was in jail at the time so I have to drive out there every weekend and spend the whole weekend there for like I don't know how many weekends like six or eight weekends how pregnant were you at that point Mm. at what point when you got arrested and they said you can't go to jail because you're pregnant I wasn't very far along because I don't believe I was even showing. And what was the high risk? What, how did that come into play? Because I, she was, a, I, I'd used heroin with her. And that was something that was known from the doctors? Yeah, I went to a, a special high-risk doctor that did high-risk pregnancies that specialized in that kind of stuff. So how did how did that work? What do you mean? Well, tell me about going to a high risk doctor's appointment versus it, just pretty much the same thing. But he was like, you know, he he knew more about it. He was like a specialist. So anyway, I I ended up um, getting on methadone. That's a that's a they have methadone clinics all around, and that's where you go and 
you get this liquid medicine that's like I think a synthetic opiate and you take it you have to take it every day and it um and then when you don't do the heroin it keeps you from getting sick so is there I'm just trying to think if the doctor knows that you're doing heroin and you're pregnant, are there protocols that they needed to do to... Back then, they didn't. I know today okay. it's all different, but back then, no. So how did how did that all turn out with with her being born? And were you doing heroin the entire time she was you were pregnant? No. I had like... I may have done it... I may have done it once in a while, but I, no, I wasn't doing it every day. Whenever I found out I was pregnant, I always, um, I always cleaned my act up and tried to reframe. Now, with the last two kids, um, it was, it was somewhat different because it was the heroin, and I was like. It's a stronger addiction? Yes. Okay. Horrible addiction. And, um, yeah, with Andrea, I did some, not every day or anything, but I did do some. Over nine months, how many times do you think? I have no idea. I really don't know. Okay. But it was sporadic. It wasn't, like, all the time. Okay. And when she was born... And you went through the high risk. How did that all turn out? Everything was just like with you guys, just normal. I thought at some point you said that when they were born, they were like shaky. That was fuzz. Okay. Yeah, she, now when I was pregnant with her, I I was shooting heroin a lot more. And she, and the nurse came and told me that she was shaking some. And I know it was because she was probably going through her own little withdrawal <sighs> from me doing heroin with her. But you know what was weird? The nurse, she said to me, and back then they didn't like do drug screens on the babies and stuff and take them from you like they do today. Mm -hmm. But I remember her saying something to the effect the nurse of, um, you know, all these doctors talk down about people that do um, drugs when they're pregnant and stuff. She goes, but they don't even take a look at themselves with their own drinking and um, using prescription drugs and stuff. Mm -hmm. So when Fuzz was born, was, was that a whole different scenario? Yeah. <laughs> Well, and Fuzz is the youngest, right? Okay. What year is this? Nineteen eighty-four. Eighty-four. Okay. Okay. Well, let me back up a little bit. Remember how I talked about Frank being such a, a a pig when it came to the drugs and stuff? Mm -hmm. Well, there was a, occasions, several occasions occasions where he overdosed and he like went completely out and had to be rushed to the hospital and then they give him this medicine called Narcan that that 
takes all the opiate like away from your system and it brings you back. Anyway, um, when I first met him, he had overdosed and this friend of his named Jesse saved him. And then while we were together, when I was pregnant with Andrea, he overdosed and I got him to the hospital and they, they brought him to. And then with Fuzz, I was, I was seven months pregnant with Fuzz and Frank had been out at um, RCCC out there, that mm -hmm. ranch jail. And um, he was getting out and um, I was living, I was renting a room from this mother of this guy we know named Jim and his wife Shorty. And they were, they were heroin addicts too and we used to like run around and do heroin together and stuff. And anyway, I was renting a room from Jim's mother and um, Frank was in jail and so anyway, he was getting out. So, you know, I wanted us to have some time together. So it was, we went and spent one night when he first got out, you know, so he's all clean, just getting out of jail, all clean, except for the, you know, little bit of dope he did, but I brought him in jail and he's all clean. And we're like celebrating him being out. And the first night we stayed in a motel, and then we went back to where I was staying at Jim's mother's house. And uh, so Jim, Shorty, me and Frank, we, you know, we were doing dope, and Frank was drinking like he always did and everything. And um, I was like seven months pregnant with Fuzz. And um, so anyway, I'm all loaded too, you know. So we go to go to bed, and all of a sudden, Frank's like turning blue and not breathing right and stuff. Mm. He'd overdosed. Okay. And like I said, I'd been through that. I'd been through that with him before. So anyway, I went and got Jim and Shorty and I told them, you know, Frank's overdosing. So we got him up and we got him into a cold shower and the color came back to his face and he was breathing pretty normally again. And, um, and so I thought he was okay. And, you know, I was sort of afraid that if I took them to the hospital that they'd um, arrest him and he had just gotten out of jail mm -hmm. and then he'd be mad at me. So anyway, I, I thought he was okay, you know, so. We go in there and we go to sleep and I wake up the next morning and Frank's laying there dead next to me and I'm seven months pregnant with Fuzz. Wow. And I wanted to die myself. That was horrible, horrible thing. And I blamed myself for so long if I'd only taken him to the emergency room. Anyway, I didn't. I didn't even want. I didn't even want to live anymore. I just. I loved him so much, you know, and and I just didn't even want to live anymore. It was horrible, 
And after he died, I remember I, I called his family, his mother and sister, and some of his family came over. They had taken him out. He was dead there on the scene. They took him away in an ambulance. Ambulance that came and tried to um, revive him. And um, I remember that I went with his his mom and his brother, and we were driving in the car to go to her house. And it was the weirdest feeling. I felt. I remember we stopped at a gas station, and I think I went in to get something. And I thought, oh my God, the whole, everything still going on. Everybody's doing their normal functioning routine. And it's like, I felt like it should have all stopped. It was like, don't they know what just happened, you yeah. know? And it was like, it was surreal. It was just like surreal. So there I am, seven months pregnant, and my baby's dad's dead. And it was just, it was horrible. I remember <laughs> I was at Grandma's house. And I remember the phone ringing in the morning, and she answered it. She was in her bedroom, and I was, I think I was nearby or in there. And I heard you screaming through the phone, he's dead. I remember that. Yeah. And then I, and then I go make funeral arrangements and... All that. That was how many? That was two days after he got out of jail? Yeah. And you were living with? With Jim's mother in a room. I rented a room from okay. her in South Sacramento. That was horrible. Anyway, somehow I made it through it all in... Um, and I remember I still had this, all this, um, this dope left. I had like heroin and, and weed and, um, and I thought I'm not doing this anymore. I, and um, I called a friend of mine that was an addict and I, I gave her the drugs. I said, I'm not doing this anymore. And I gave her the drugs, just mm -hmm. like to take them. And anyway, somehow I managed to get through the funeral, and then they buried him out in St. Mary's Cemetery. And for a long time, I went out there every day, and I just sat there, and I or I'd lay next to the grave. The grave next to him was empty, and I thought, oh, I want to be buried here, and I'd just lay there next to him. And that went on for a long time. And then um, Frank's mother, well, Frank had been, he grew up Jehovah's Witness. His mother was a Jehovah's Witness. Okay. But he hated them. In fact, he used to tell me that during Christmas time, he would go out with a BB gun, him and his friends, and they'd shoot out all the Christmas lights in the neighborhood because... He was jealous because they didn't 
he didn't get to celebrate Christmas Mm because that's part of the Jehovah's Witness faith. So anyway, um, the Jehovah's Witness, their belief, one of their beliefs is that when you die, only the Jehovah's Witnesses go to not heaven, but there's going to be a resurrection here on earth and there's going to be a paradise and then everybody's going to be back alive, your loved ones and stuff, but only the Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so anyway, I, I started studying with Jehovah's Witnesses with his mother and brother because... And I did it for selfish reasons because I wanted to be with him when paradise came and, you know, and I could be together with him again. So I guess that's not the right reason to start studying, but that's what happened. So I studied for a whole year, started going to conventions and everything with them. I was clean for a whole year studying Jehovah's Witnesses. And doing real good. Whenever I was off the drugs, I'd get everything together. That's when I lived over there on Risa Avenue in those apartments. Do okay. you remember? Mm-hmm. Off Stockton. Yep. <laughs> anyway, and I'd do real good. And then after about a year, I started using again. Heroin? Yeah. Is it because of, I mean, are you seeking it out or do you just run with the same people again and or is it new people that you meet or well it's all the above I mean you know you reach out you have the old people then when you get back into it you meet new people and so from from when you were seven months pregnant to when fuzz was born those two months did you stop yeah okay well no, I no, I I I did. I must have been using because Fuzz came out with the shakes, mm-hmm. so I must have been using. Okay. But sometime after that, I quit for a whole year. And you were living on your own in an apartment. Right. And who lived with you at that point? Yeah, Amy, Angela, and Andrea, and um, Fuzz. Fuzz was born when I lived there. But back to before I um, moved in with that woman where Frank died, Mm -hmm. before that, I was living in these duplexes over just a block down the street from... um, Grandma Willis, do you remember mm-hmm, that? I remember. And um, and I got in that place. Frank was in um, jail again. Now, this is before. And um, anyway, so I get that place. My girlfriend, Patsy, lived in the duplex across from me. And anyway, in j- Frank was in jail. Whenever he was in jail, I'd get cleaned up. I'd get a place and... I'd be back in your kid's life, and, and I'd be doing good. Well, so at some point he got out, and we were living in that duplex together, 
and um, we were using again. Andrea was a baby, and um, one night we went to bed, and and the next morning, my girlfriend Cheryl, she was asleep on the the couch, and we woke up to her in the morning yelling that there was a fire. And the whole place was on on fire. Luckily, she was asleep out there on the couch, or we might have been burned up by the fire. I mean, it was a rip-roaring fire. So, I mm-hmm. mean, all we could do was run out. I grabbed Andrea, and we ran out, and the whole place was, like, engulfed in flames and all this big, thick black smoke. And uh, oh, it was horrible. Anyway, we had we went to the, like Salvation Army, and they have this program for people that get displaced because of fires, and they like gave us vouchers to buy clothes and food, and put us up in a motel for a while, and then later, much much later, years and years later, when I was helping Grandma Willa. I used to go over there five days a week in the mornings and help her. And uh, she told me she thought she had started that fire because it started in the laundry room. And there was water, hot water heater in there. And um, I had clothes in the clothes hamper to wash. Mm-hmm. And she came over, I guess, when I wasn't there to get some of Amy and Angela's clothes to wash. And I guess when she was going through them, she threw them over by the water heater. And that's what caught, that's what they said caught the place on fire. It was close, too close to the water heater. Hmm. So I was surprised when she told me that. But, I mean, I don't know for sure, but that's what she said. It seems like there's a lot of fires where you live. <laughs> I know. I hope I don't spend eternity in one. Yeah. <laughs> So when Fuzz was born, did was there any interaction with like CPS or anything like that? No, I never had any interaction with them except for the one time when Angela got drunk. Right. And um, one time, one of my friend's mother called the CPS out on me and they came and investigated, but Nothing ever happened. Do you know why she called? Probably because she was mad because me and her daughter were doing drugs together. So you were sober for a year. Mm-hmm. You were living with all the girls in the apartment. Mm-hmm. And then what happened to get back into it? Mm. Well... I don't remember, you know, the exact when or how or why, but I started doing heroin again, and um, I got strung out, and um, things got really, really bad and ugly. Um, Like how? Well, I didn't have Frank anymore to boost with. That was gone. And I needed a way to support my habit. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I hope this doesn't shock you. <laughs> Not much is going to shock me anymore. <laughs> but um, I turned to prostitution. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Ilona Effect. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support us, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with others. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at The Ilona Effect. Our email address is theilonaeffect at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>